Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Well, God put it on my husband's heart really clear. He really felt like uh, Benny Chow, uh, who we've known since he was a student, came, well, actually a little bit even before then, but then we came to really know Benny and Eva um, when Benny was a student. You know, during the time when he was a student, from acting on the word and responding, and there was some good mentoring both in class and out of class by people in the body, really activated him in healing. And so when he'd be on the street, he'd command healing and and see healing all the time. Just, it was common, wasn't it? Just, and um, just beautiful, constantly, just beautifully. But that is not what he's going to talk about tonight. That is one of the kinds of healing. One of the kinds of healing. But it's not all the ways of healing. Don't we want to know all the ways Jesus heals? All the beautiful ways that he heals. So Benny and Eva have ministered that kind of healing. But they've also received healing in their own bodies through commandment, but through other ways that Jesus heals. And it's those other ways that we're going to just turn the light on tonight. Amen. Let's thank, you know what, before we pray, uh, before we, um, before we uh, sit down at meal to eat, we thank God for the food. Let's thank God in advance. What, let's practice what Tony said this morning. We're going to hear from God tonight. Hallelujah. We just expect to have understanding. The light's going to go on. We're going to say, aha, yes, yes, yes. That's what's going to happen. It's not going to be hard or complicated. It's going to be easy. Amen? Amen. So, uh, Benny, if you'll just come on up and while he's coming, tell somebody, say, I can understand healing. Go ahead and tell him, I can understand it. Thank you, Pastor. That, that was so sweet. And the Lord's so good. He He can heal so many different ways and it's a real privilege and an honor just to be able to stand here. And I just want to say thank you, Pastor Tony and Patsy. Love your faith and trust and just your love. Love you guys. Can we just pray? Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you that you're our healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals us. And we want to hear from you tonight, Lord. So I just yield myself over to you. I just ask that you're able to help me convey what you've put on even my heart, about healing, that it would be clear, that you would give me the words, you would give me the utterance, it would just come to my mind, it would flow, and it would be simple, clear, powerful, effective, and it's going to bring forth great fruit in the days ahead. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for all the good things you're about to do, all the good things you have already done in our lives. May we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this topic has been of a great interest and study to myself. Um, 
it, it happened um, because a few personal um, experiences that the Lord um, allowed Eva and I to see. And this topic has been kind of building and building just over time. And it is a different aspect of healing than what I was first introduced to. When I was in Bible college, I had gotten a hold of the believer's authority. And it wasn't so much Bible college, but it was just the fact that I saw it in the Word. And I believe even if you don't go to Bible college, you can see it in the Word for yourself as well. And really it was from about three scriptures. Um, In Mark 16, verse 15 to 18, Jesus was commissioning the disciples. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and is baptized, will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And it goes through casting out demons, speaking in new tongues, um, taking up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. But that, I want you to notice just that last part. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Jesus has given his church, his body, authority, the same authority he welded when he was on this earth, he has given to the church. We are the church. All believers are capable of doing this verse right here. They can lay hands on the sick and in Jesus' name, command sickness to go, pain to go, oppression to go, depression to go. And it has to go because this is the authority of Jesus we're speaking about. It's the name of Jesus. In Ephesians Just in the first chapter and the second chapter, it it talked about how Ephesians 1, verse 20 to 23, which he worked in Christ, God, when he raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him, Jesus, at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's like demons. And every name that is named. So Jesus is seated far above everything. And it says here, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he, God, put all things under his feet. God put everything under Jesus' feet and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I just want you to notice that Jesus is far above everything and everything is under his feet. But in Ephesians the second chapter, it talks about how God has also raised us up together. See? And it says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The church is also referred to as the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. He's above the church. He is the head and the church is his body. Well, we are the body. So, it's really quite simple when you see it. Jesus is seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of God, far above everything, every power, principality, every demon. And in that place, that's a place of power. He has given that power, that authority to his church. So, I was very excited when I had found out that us believers have this power and this authority within us and we can just use it and when I had gotten a hold of this revelation in Bible college 
man, I got really excited. I started praying for different people. I'd seen um, incredible things. There was this one notable incident where it was Easter Fest, which is like a Christian festival. They had tents and stalls set up. And I was just kind of going through there, and I was just asking people, do you have any pain? And, man, what God did, it was like in a matter of just a few few hours or could have been minutes or hours, but 10 different people got healed of 10 different things. It was pretty incredible. Um, There was, and this is all 10 different areas. So ankle pain, someone had that for two years. Shin splints, someone had that for weeks. Neck pain, someone had that for months. Throat pain, several days. Back pain was another person, five months they had that. Upper back, shoulders, it was sore. Another person couldn't lift his shoulder, like lift his hand above his shoulder for like weeks. Saw pain in the feet, saw back, and there was like a spine that was protruding out of someone's body, resulting in terrible pain because their spine was pushed back five centimeters. And God is my witness, saw all these, all the pain leave these people, just one after another. So as, as the pain was leaving the people, like, I would talk to the first one and I would ask, is there any pain? They'd let me know. And I'd say, hey, can I pray for you? Prayed for them, just commanded in the name of Jesus, pain, leave them. The pain left them. And these people were a variety of different people. Not all of them were Christians. Um, there was even a Baptist person who is a Christian, but he just didn't believe in healing. There were some people that weren't Christian. They were kind of skeptic, like skeptical about it. But they still had the humility to say, yeah, sure, pray. <laughs> And um, they got healed nevertheless. So I was very excited about this. And um, coming back to church, I'd come back to church just on fire about what had happened. And I don't know how word had gotten out about this, but I remember a lady had come up to me and she said, Benny, would you please be able to pray for me? I got pain in my finger. I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And I prayed for that finger. And I said, pain, you leave it right now in Jesus' name, command you to go out. And thank you, Lord, for sending healing power into this finger. In Jesus' name, amen. And I said, how is it? And she said, hmm, it's still the same. And this was my first introduction to, what? (laughs) It's like, this this is different. I've just come back from seeing like 10 different people get healed of 10 different things. And here, you're telling me like the pain's still there. Of course, I didn't tell her all this, but I was just thinking it in my head. And... um. To my knowledge, I, I just kind of went through my head and I had heard somewhere along the lines that unforgiveness could be a possible hindrance to healing. And I kind of had that on my heart. And, but how to even share that? So the way the Lord had me word it was, look, I'm not saying this is you, but can you think of someone that might have done you wrong? And it might not have even happened, but has anyone like maybe done you wrong and it's like they kind of haven't been nice to you or something and it's like you're holding a bit of a grudge I just encourage you that in the privacy of your own home, if you just forgive them, I I think that would, you know, help. And she pretty much interrupted me at some point of that. And she says, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I'm like, whoa, I I did not know that. (laughs) And um, yeah, so um, she said, yeah, I'll, I'll go do that. And I remember telling her, the healing power of God is in your finger right now. But I just feel that if you do that in the privacy of your own bedroom, it's going to be the pain's going to go. Anyway, I saw her at church pretty much the, the following week. And she came up to me. She was like sprinting. And she, she said, Benny, guess what? I went home. 
I forgave that person and right there, the pain lifted out of my finger like a bubble, popped. And it's like the pain was gone. And I was like, praise God. So that was my first introduction, I guess, to this area which I'm about to teach on. And it's actually a lot wider than unforgiveness. So another incident that happened in my wife and I's life, we had a family member that was um, not, not well. They were quite sick. And this family member had really known the word. Like they could quote the word inside out, all the healing scriptures, confessions. And we, we saw this person like just command and take authority and speak to that mountain. But it's like the condition got worse. Eventually, um, well, after seeing this person um, go through, you know, trying to get their healing, I had it on my heart just to bring up the same word that I'd given to that other lady. But this time, it wasn't me like guessing it. This was something I actually had on my heart. So because of the relationship I had with this uh, family relative, they were very open and I could talk to them very easily and they wanted to heal. They said, Benny, do you know of anything? And um, I had brought it up and I said, look, um, if there's anyone and it's like, you know, I know your spouse hasn't been treating you well, over the, you know this time and I know it's hard and difficult but if you if you're just able to act on this I've seen something incredible happen anyway um this person maybe didn't act on it right then and there but continued on believing for a healing and we stood with her and it was yeah just a length of time had passed and the person had gotten more and more sick and pretty much came down to where they were in bed for weeks in a near vegetative state it was like the brain was just starting to slow down and there was before this this person had tried nearly all the methods of healing that are on that list of paper that you have i mean speaking to the mountain confessing um taking like god's word as medicine um even anointing oil Um, prayer cloths, um, anointed ministers, praying. But it's like the condition just got worse and worse. Anyway, there was a day which had really marked, I guess, um, my wife and myself. There was one day where we had felt in our heart this person could have potentially acted on that word about unforgiveness. And the reason why we say this is because this person had just suddenly come off the deathbed and was bright and alert and smiling and talking and laughing, being pushed around just the house in a wheelchair by the person that we had, you know, said to to forgive. And there was no natural reason for how this could have happened. There's just no way. I mean, it's like everything was just going downhill and then suddenly, just one day, when this person that she had to forgive was over, he, um, the, the person was just bright, alert, well, right off the deathbed, and I mean functioning normal in the brain and everything. So things were looking up. But then as time went on, it's like the person's health started to deteriorate, and eventually they passed and went home early. But that day had like forever marked my wife and myself. We were like, what was that? What was that day? And we're not looking 
in a judging way or criticizing way, none of that. It was just some, it was just an observation. It was like, could it have been that? Well, I'd heard another similar testimony, well, not a similar testimony, but I'd heard a testimony of how there was a, a young lady, actually, her name's Kenzie, and she had prayed for someone that had come in the healing line. And this person had had a tumor on their nose. And I think Kenzie had prayed for her, and it's like the tumor was still there. But then Kenzie had on her heart about that word of unforgiveness. And she brought it up in a gracious manner, and the lady had acknowledged there was someone that was very irritating and not being nice to her. And Kenzie said, let's just, you know, forgive her right now. So the lady said, you know, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And she did it right there on the spot. And then suddenly she touches her nose and goes, my tumor. It's like, and the tumor had either shrank or completely disappeared. So I'm just asking a question. Is there such thing as hindrances to healing? Unforgiveness is one area, and I'm not saying that based off that story I told about the family relative, because that one, even I've marked as unknown, that's totally between them and God. But as for the tumor, as for the um, pain in the finger, it's like those ones we had seen, it's like that was a possible hindrance. Fear can be another um, hindrance to healing. Worry can be another one. And um, Pastor Tony had mentioned... um, in previous um, message, how you could ha- you could be holding the glass of water, and that was a, a bottle of water, and that was symbolic of holding your worries, your fears, or you know your concerns. And he had mentioned that we believe in divine healing. We believe in speaking to your mountain. We believe in calling those things that be not as though they were. But if you're still holding on to that bottle, it's like it the body wasn't designed to hold on to worry. So that's also another thing. So I'm just going to go into a few personal testimonies with myself and Eva. And then I'll go on and explain the healing that proceeded from that. Thank you, Lord. When Eva and I got married, we were renting it in a studio apartment. Eva was in Bible college at the time and her ankle was playing up. She stood against it, and I prayed for it multiple times, but the pain didn't go. And I mean, when we prayed for it, like I took authority about as strong as I had ever taken authority. I don't, my wife being sick, I don't like that. But the pain didn't go. Eva got an x-ray, couldn't find anything. She got a compression bandage, like an ankle brace, but the pain in the ankle wasn't getting fixed. And if anything, it was getting worse. And then it started to even click when she walked. I'll tell of another time where I was wearing braces and I noticed that at random times the braces would dig into the sides of my mouth and cause ulcers, sometimes small, sometimes major. And I commanded them to die. I cursed them. Jesus cursed the fig tree so we can curse sickness and disease. And I cursed them, Um, but they weren't really going. I I eventually ended up using this um, ulcer medic, which is like liquid nitrogen on a Q-tip. And it burns. And Eva, my wife, would just, I'd, I'd be like, all right, do it, do it. I'd open my mouth and she'd stick that Q-tip on my ulcer. And <laughs> anyway, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't nice. Thank you, though. And, and the, the ulcer would scab over and start to heal. And sometimes even after doing that, 
the ulcer was still there because it was just that bad. And the ulcers would come on and off at apparently random times. Thank you, Lord. When we saw what was the fix to this, praise God, we don't have to go through these, these incidences again. Another time, um, Eva had stomach problems and cramps for weeks. So the ankle pain was months. But this time it was stomach uh, problems and cramps for weeks. She stood against it. I prayed for it. We rebuked that thing. We called it healed, but it didn't budge. And after, uh, and after eating certain meals, it would get really bad. This led to a point where even her breathing was affected. And man, there was this one day where she, she really wasn't able to breathe. And thank God for his mercy. Just stood up and said, you spirit, I just had it in my heart. You spirit, I couldn't see no spirit, but I just sensed that something wasn't good. I just sensed death. And I just said, you spirit, you get out of here in Jesus' name. And her breathing somewhat got better. But thank you, Lord, when we saw the, the answer to this one. So I'm kind of leaving you guys on a bit of a... <laughs> um, another thing is, is stomach cramps and problems. That also happened to myself at certain times as well. And another thing that we had been through, well, I had been through, was headaches and migraines. And I mean, I wouldn't really get headaches, but there'd be some times I used to get really bad headaches, bad migraines. Like, the best way I could describe it, and I know it's not a good confession, is a splitting headache, because it feels like your head's just get and split right down the center. It hurts. So... What I want to say here is it's kind of interesting how when we can come down with sickness, when we can come down with something not right, that we can get so caught up in the fact that it's not right that we might not talk to the one that could help us. Is it okay to say that? Because this is what I was guilty of. This is what Eva was guilty of. But thank you, Lord, when we went to God in our heart, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time here teaching on hearing from God um, because this is something which hasn't um, been shared across the, the, the church as a whole. And thank God we're in a ministry that teaches on this area. Um, Kenneth E. Hagen, he has a great book called How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, which in he taught that the Holy Spirit, which indwells believers when they're born again, he communicates to our spirits. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. We are a spirit. Man is a three-part being. We are a spirit, not have a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. When I look at you, I don't see the real you. I just see the house that you lives in because the real you is a spirit. You're looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. But the body is simply just the house that our spirit lives in. Well, when we get born again, the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit and he talks to us. But it's not talking in the sense that we know it, where we, we refer to talking as hearing and speaking. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks to our spirit, it's not so much an audible voice. I don't misunderstand me. God can speak to some people in an audible voice, but it is quite rare. It's because he doesn't need to, because we're a spirit. But 
one of the truths which revolutionized my walk with God was learning how to hear from God. Because as a young teenager, I remember praying to God and saying, God, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Now you talk. Please talk. And I'd sit there. And I heard of different people here uh, talking about the still small voice of God. And I sat there and I heard still small nothing. And this went on a couple of times. And eventually I, I got a bit upset. And I was like, God doesn't talk to me, so I'm not going to talk to him. And I stopped praying. When I heard that we are a spirit and the Holy Spirit is a spirit and he talks to our spirit. And if we do not know how to hear the voice of our own spirit, you and God will never talk. I was like all ears in when this minister had taught this. I was like, whoa, I don't know how to hear my own spirit. What is the voice of my own spirit? And the minister had said that the voice of our spirit, well, actually, before I say that, the voice of our body is feeling. Without feeling, our body couldn't express itself in this natural realm. The voice of our soul is reasoning, logic, thinking. But the voice of our spirit is the conscience. The conscience. And this is in Orlin Kenneth Hagen's book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. He breaks it down brilliantly brilliantly and I was like wow so you're telling me that God who is a spirit the Holy Spirit lives in my spirit and when he speaks to me my spirit picks it up and it's expressed through the conscience and I replayed my life and I realized there were times I followed my conscience and it ended up working out really well there were times where I went against my conscience and it got me in a bunch of trouble Can any of you relate to this? It says in Romans 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But in Romans 8, 16, it says how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We know that we are the children of God because the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit And we just know that we are the children of God. You can't rationalize it. It's just a knowing. You just have a sense. It's like, how do you even explain your conscience? It's like, it seems like, it feels like, but you're not talking about emotional feeling. You're not talking about happy or sad. It's just a, a sense. So this is how the Holy Spirit communicates to us as believers. And it is so important that we as believers learn to become even more and more sensitive to our spirit. For it's, it's the major way that the whole, it is one of the major ways that God speaks to us nowadays. He speaks to us through the written word, the logos word they refer to it as, the logos word, written word. Logos is Greek. And the Holy Spirit he speaks to our spirit. As we read in this scripture, Romans 8, 14 and Romans 8, 16, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, we are told that we can be led by the spirit of God because we're the sons of God. So really, it's, it's important that we take time to just check our hearts, check our spirit, check our conscience, because the Holy Spirit will be talking to us all throughout the day, all about life, all about the issues of life. 
And the thing about the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, it's not audible, though it can, or he can speak to your spirit so loud, you think it's audible. And God can use an audible voice, don't misunderstand me, but it's very rare. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it'll always be in line with the written word of God. It'll always be in line with that. The Holy Spirit won't tell you anything contrary to it. So the Holy Spirit's not going to tell you to lie. It's not, he's not going to tell you to steal. He's not going to tell you to commit adultery because that would be going against the written word. However, the Holy Spirit can speak to us about things that are not written in the Bible. What do I mean by that? He can tell you who your spouse is going to be. He can tell you what's going to come up in your day. He can tell you about the grumpy co-worker that has had a bad, you know, two weeks and needs some love. But the Holy Spirit can communicate things to you that are not specifically written in the Word of God. It won't ever contradict the Word of God, but He can speak to you about a myriad of different things. And we're not talking about hearing voices. We're not talking about seeing a vision or having goosebumps to hear from God. We're just talking about checking our heart and just getting a prompting. One of the things the Lord had um, said to me, and it's not an audible voice. It was just in my heart. It just came up. He said to me, Benny, my voice is so subtle, you can think it's you. I was like, wow. Because sometimes it's like, you might think you have a real great idea, but it's not you. It's just the Lord. He's just talking to you. He's like, I think you need to give this to someone. You give it to them and they're so blessed by it. Or it seems right to put in a job application at this job. And it's just a very subtle seeming. But then it ends up working out so well that you know it's got to be God. I just love hearing from the Holy Spirit, checking my spirit and seeing what he has to say. It just enriches your relationship with God so much. So I'm going to bring this back around now and finish off these um, examples which I had brought up. Well, you remember Eva's painful ankle. One day she was in Bible college. She was considering some, something a fellow student had said. She thought to herself, I'm going to be real. She said, that's dumb. That's what she was thinking of another Bible college student. And the Lord said to her, and keep in mind when I say the Lord said to her, not audible voice, but just in her heart, it was a sense. The Lord said, you're judging them. That's all she heard. So she made the adjustment in her heart. And the whole exchange from hearing God to making that adjustment in her heart about not judging them was about two seconds. And let me tell you what happened. The pain rose up from the bottom of her ankle to the top and disappeared right there on the spot. No hands laid on, just, huh, I'm judging them. I'm going to stop that right now. Lord, I'm sorry about that. Boom, healed. Whoo, praise God. I'm going to go to my ulcers now. You, you remember those ulcers? And um, man, I, if I had known what I had I, I saw, I see now, it's like, man, I kind of like kick myself. But anyway, one day I asked the Lord about it because the ulcers were real bad. And this is ulcers coming on and off, on and off, on and off over time. And I asked the Lord about it. I'm like, Lord, what's up with this? And immediately, just in my spirit, this, this one was quite distinct. Usually it's not like this distinct. But it said, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only what is edifying and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Just like that. And I was like, whoa. So I go to Eva and I say, hey, uh, babe, have I been talking a bit like loose recently? Like just not 
watching myself. And she was like, yeah, you've kind of been a bit snappy this week and, you know, said some things and they're a bit sharp. And I was like, ooh, I, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. And um, I realized, well, two things. I didn't know that that scripture, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only what is good and edifying is connected. The very next verse says, well, I'll read it out from here. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Next verse is, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Praise God. He is good. The Holy Spirit, the reason why he knows the word and can quote the word is because he inspired the word. <laughs> so that's why he can just quote the word to you. And sometimes you can think this is yourself, but it's the Holy Spirit bringing up scriptures to you. And it's not like you're hearing a voice. It's just scriptures are coming to you. And you're like, hmm, true. This scripture relates to this. Anyway, I had um, realized, you know how I'd mentioned the ulcers were coming on and off at apparently random times I realized thinking back that it was the times I really wasn't watching what I was saying and I was being more you know not watching what I'm saying is when the ulcers would start and they would stay if I continued in that so that was quite a, a revelation but thank you thank you Lord I made the adjustment in my heart and then haven't had ulcers since praise God I don't have braces as well. And I'll say to Eva, huh, it's like, you know, if I was giving place to the enemy by doing that, saying, letting corrupt stuff come out of my mouth, he can't get me now. But then I realized there's my throat. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to go into issues uh, like examples there, but there have been some cases where someone who really was saying a lot of negative stuff or fearing stuff or wrong stuff or things that they know they shouldn't, and they were getting affected right in the throat. It's like that, that very area was exposed, in a sense. So with Eva's um, stomach problems and cramps, where we stood against it, prayed for it multiple times, but it didn't budge. After eating certain meals, it was really bad, um, and it led to the point where her breathing was affected. Eva had checked her heart, and the Lord had given her a word about cutting back or cutting out, first it was cutting back dairy. Is that correct? But then as the days went on and Eva hadn't been acting on that word because she was like thinking, oh, uh, uh, the way she explained it was she was getting a sense she should stop dairy or slow down with the dairy. But then she was like, oh, well, this dairy is fine. So I'll have this and it, it's not, you know, how would you, would you describe it, babe? It was like ice cream or yogurt you would have, but you were cutting out like milk. So eventually she had made herself lactose intolerant to the point where even just the smallest like teaspoon of anything dairy would set off her stomach in a real bad way. But really it was just overriding what she had on her heart. The stomach problems... Um, which myself, which I had went through, I had a sense of it's consuming spiritual junk is what I had on my heart. And it, it came through me just mindlessly, you know, either scrolling on Facebook or just watching mindless videos on YouTube, sport, tech, I don't know, just different things. 
And it's like the times where I was really doing that, it would affect my body. Also, another thing is I might not watch what I eat. And certain times I'd have just a witness in my spirit. It's like, you, you shouldn't eat this. And I'd eat it and it would give my stomach problems. The body, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's just so important that we hear God. So headaches and migraines, I realized this was because I was thinking too much on things that I shouldn't, just trying to figure stuff out in my head and just pondering it and then replaying it and trying to work it out, maybe from this angle, maybe from that, maybe I forgot something, maybe, and just trying to work out like a problem and it's like that would coincide with the splitting headaches or migraines that I was getting. So, in all these cases, we knew, and I'm just going to bring up a, a scripture, Romans 14.23, for whatever is not from faith is sin. And that was a bit like not making sense to me, so I put it in another version. In Romans 14.23 in the NLT, it says, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So this is talking about how people were feeling convicted about eating certain foods, and the Word of God was um, letting people know, look, if someone's feeling like that, don't make them, don't, don't encourage them to, because they have a conviction about it. And if they go ahead and override that conviction, it's sin to them. And just to be aware of this, this person and how they're feeling and their convictions and respecting it. James 4.17 says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So, this, these two verses here, it's talking about how you know you shouldn't do something, but you do it. It becomes sin. Or, you know you should do something, but you don't do it. That also is sin. And we know that um, the Scriptures tell us, New Testament, in Rome, um, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin, oh, hang on, Romans 3, 23, for, the, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in Romans 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So, this isn't really nice to hear, but bottom line, what I'm saying is, even myself, we're using the Logos word on our situation. We were commanding it, we were commanding the pain, we were taking authority over it, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with the Logos word. Calling those things that be not as though they were, I mean anointing oil, praying, having elders pray for you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the Logos word. But at the same time, me and Eva had learned to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in our spirit. And we had overrode what he was giving us. And instead, we were making confessions and quoting scripture, which is right. But we were still overriding a word which God had given us in our heart. And while um, studying this and researching, preparing for this message, 
the Lord had given me a word. And I think it's going to be a blessing to you as much as it has been to me. He said this, my rhema and his rhema word is his spoken word. So God's got two in a sense. He's got the logos word, the written word of God. And he's got the rhema word, which is his spoken word to you in your own spirit. And he said this, my rhema, my spoken word to you, needs to be seen of equal importance and value as my logos written word to you. So, and he had also said this, don't lean on the logos, the written word, to the point where you despise my rhema spoken word, the words I speak to you through my Holy Spirit to you. His word is life and health to all our flesh. It is medicine. But it's not just the Logos word that is life and health to our flesh. It's also his spoken word to our own spirit that brings life and health to our flesh. The word also says, like the Logos word, tells us that he sent his word and he healed them. Well, he sent not just his written word. There were times where he sent his rhema word and healed them with that. For example, in Luke 7, 7, Jesus healed a centurion servant. And the centurion had said, therefore, I did not think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. In Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very same hour. So, in conclusion, his logos word, his written word, and his rhema word, his spoken word to our spirit, is life and health to all our flesh. He sent his logos word, his written word, and he sent his rhema word and he healed them. Praise God. Praise God. Another thing the Lord had said was... You can't override the rhema word with the logos word. And this is it. You can't override my rhema word to you with the logos word. Many have, and as a result, are experiencing problems and difficulties that they don't have to. Some have went home early as a result of doing this, and it was not my will for them to go home early. Treasure and value my rhema words to you, and they shall keep you. So, quench not the Holy Spirit is something else which comes to mind. And to quench is like to shut down or extinguish. And doing this would grieve the Holy Spirit in us. For example, it's like the Lord, the Holy Spirit is talking to our spirit and he's dealing with us about a certain thing. And we say, what is that? Nah, that's nothing. Well, in that sense, um, it's like you're quenching what the Lord's trying to give you. And you can even do this where you say, hmm, what was that? I don't know. But... I'll make some in-Christ confessions for my healing. Now, hear me out on this. I'm not knocking in-Christ confessions. I'm not knocking anything from the Logos word, which we all know and love. But at the same time, I've realized that it's important to also pay attention to the rhema word, the word that God puts in your heart as you talk to him, as you, as you spend time with the Lord and just search your heart and different things that he's giving you. It's important to have both. That's how you can have the best combination for our healing. Thank you, Lord. So, 
I'm just going to say that not all sickness and disease or problems we go through is a result of sin or disobedience. It's absolutely not. And I don't want anyone in this place to get in any sort of condemnation or feel because that's not what God wants us to have. What I'm talking about is a healthy relationship where you are comfortable with God because you know he loves you. You know you're righteous. You know that he will never leave you or forsake you. But you're not just aware of that. You're also aware of the fact that there could be adjustments that he wants us to make. And if we simply make those adjustments, he'll be able to do what he wants to do, which is provide that healing, which he already has, but we'll be in cooperation with that and it will result in our healing. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord. I'll give a couple, few examples of when it's not sin. Eva had a painful leg and when she checked her heart, and said, Lord, what's up with this? He just showed her that she was coming up from a sitting position and putting all her weight on one leg. So rather than balancing out on both legs and evenly distributing her weight, she was putting all the pressure on one, and that's what resulted in her painful leg. So that's not like a sin. Um, I'd get a runny nose at certain times, and it could just be because I didn't wear a jumper. And I knew I should probably wear a jumper. Or don't blow your nose too much because it's very cold this morning. And if you get in the habit of blowing your nose, it's going to like go from where you're not sniffly to then where it's very runny. It's just a natural thing. My left eye would start to twitch. I wouldn't say I'm giving place to the devil with this one. Really, it was just a lack of sleep. <laughs> I just checked my heart and, and I felt like, well, actually, Eva brought it to me. Thank you, Lord. The Lord through evil. Um, I said to Eva, I'm like, my eye's twitching. What, what, what could this one be? And then Eva was like, we've been going to bed pretty late, you know. It's like you'd, you'd sit there and talk from like 10 until, I don't know, 12, and we should go to sleep. So made that adjustment, totally fine. There'd be different times where I might get a bit of heart flutters, and it's just myself not watching my, like what I eat. And it's like I'm a guy that can pretty much eat anything, but there'd be certain times where I just feel in my heart you need to watch it on that really fatty food and because you're not watching it. And because of that, it's, it's costing you. So we're not saying that everything is a result of disobedience or sin. And just to bring a little bit of balance to this, I don't walk around in fear and condemnation because, for one, I don't know if I've missed it, sinned, given place to the devil, it could just be a natural thing I'm unaware of. And it wouldn't be right for me just to be walking around, looking over my shoulder and feeling like I'm responsible for everything. This is one of the ditches that I have to mention in regards to this teaching. Um, one of the ditches is I'm responsible for everything. Always thinking I missed it, living in an unhealthy state of condemnation, fear, shame, guilt, sin consciousness. Always looking over my shoulder, repenting all the time for every little thing. And I'm not considering my relationship and fellowship with God. The fact that I'm righteous, I'm loved, and that I should have joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. So I don't want anyone to get on that ditch 
where they're feeling like they're, they're walking on eggshells everywhere that, that they turn. That's not healthy. But there's another ditch. Some people get out of that ditch, go across the middle of the road and go into another ditch. And that is, I'm not responsible for anything. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. And they can quote all the scriptures. And that's all well and true. But they might think the reason why sickness comes is because it's a cursed and fallen world. And the devil's just bad. And he can attack randomly whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And that's a little bit off balance too. No, no, no. You are the righteousness of God and you are redeemed from the curse of the Lord. And not everything is a sin. But sometimes we do have a part to play. And that the healthiest way that I've been able to put all this to use is knowing that who, like knowing who I am in Christ, living without fear and condemnation. I'm aware of my righteousness in God. I know that I'm loved. I know that I'm redeemed. I know that I'm saved. I know the Holy Spirit won't leave or forsake me, even when I'm making a mess. But I can also make adjustments and I want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Perfect love casts out fear. If I've come down with something, I've just learned to go to God. Why? For he himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He loves me. He's not mad at me. He's not withholding healing from me. He wants me healed. He wants me blessed. He wants me protected. Always. But I'm not assuming everything I've done is right. So... I'm just going to wrap up here. You see that some people have got a revelation that God loves them. He wants to bless them and he's not mad at them. But it doesn't even cross their mind that there could be something that they've done that's resulted in the problem. And they won't turn or ask or look to God. And get this, God's a true gentleman. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20. If anyone had the right to bust open that door and come into our life, it would be Jesus. Because God's made us, he's redeemed us, he's saved us. It's like he, he, we're his creation. But God's such a gentleman because he won't just barge in. So it's important that we go to him. He gives grace to the humble. But what if you're not humble? He draws near to those that draw near to him. But what if you don't draw near to him? He wants to help you, but you're not acknowledging him so he can't legally direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll be able to direct your path. So it's very simple. I just go to God. I make the adjustment. Problem's fixed. And I give God the glory and I give him the praise and I'm thankful. And this involves relationship with God in a healthy way. I'm going to finish with this scripture, Matthew 11:28. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, I felt the Lord impress on me to tell the church, I love them, I care about them. And the scripture in 1 Peter 5:7 says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. They are my beloved. It grieves me when they won't come to me because I have the answer. I have the help. I have the solution. Come to me and I will give you rest, says the Lord.
And I'm just going to conclude with that. And also, there are some things which I have went to the Lord that I'm believing God for, and I haven't gotten a rhema word. And I, don't, and I have really opened my heart and said, Lord, search me. If I'm missing you somewhere, please show me, highlight it to me. And I haven't gotten anything except stand, believe, confess, speak to that mountain, call those things that be not as though they were. That's what I do. So I'm just going to pray now. Thank you, Lord. Father God, just thank you so much for helping show us from your word, by your Holy Spirit, how we're to interact with you in a healthy way. Please bring to our remembrance different things that you might have talked to us about. You might have been trying to show us. You may have been trying to bring to our attention. We thank you, Father God, that you are good. You love us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. You have redeemed us. You have made us righteous. And right now, we just take a moment just to be able to check our heart and see if there's anything you have to say to us. We're saying, we're healed. Whatever it is, Lord. And our purpose in my heart going forward that any issue I may encounter, that I will turn to you. I'll look to you. Not just in the Logos word, which I know and love so much, but also acknowledging the Holy Spirit. God living with us and in us. What a privilege. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being our best friend, for taking care of us through the highs, through the lows through the rough, through the easy. Thank you that the days ahead are going to be brighter than the days past. The victories ahead are going to be far greater than what we've seen. And when we see these good things and we experience these good things, we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, and we will say, you are good. You are the healer. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, did we get it? That was clear. We understand. And we're going to be listening for the rhema word. And we're going to always be, this is our, our first go-to. But he talks to us. Thank God he does. And we can do this. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands up to his word that we've just heard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This isn't hard. This isn't hard. Healing, healing is is easy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, so as we go from here, um, enjoy the word today, both the written 
and the living word that talks to our heart, that's respond to him. Let's hear, let's hear what he would have to say. Let's do what he says to do and walk in the light of it. Praise God. Benny, thank you. That was, that really, really, there's no, con there was no condemnation in any of that, is there? It's just free. It's just light and easy uh, because he said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. All right. Have a mighty week and uh, bring healing to your world. Glory to God. God bless you. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au. 